Lord Jesus, uphold me that I might uplift thee. Amen. Dear sisters and brothers, in Jesus, who is the Christ? A little bit of a Bible quiz, easiest one you'll ever have. I will start a passage, and you finish it. We can do it out loud. Well, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. We know it as the table prayer. And maybe our thoughts go to a supper table filled with food, some family and friends sitting around it, and the joy of the presence of Jesus in our midst. But did you know that that passage, or variations of that passage, pop up all over the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms, but also in the historical books, and one time in a very unique situation. And I'd like to tell you about that time. It happened about 125 years or so after King David. And the heir of David on the throne in Jerusalem was a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. Let's try that on for size with me. Jehoshaphat. He was a good king. King over Judah. And one day some men came to him and said, O king, you're being invaded. A huge army, an alliance of Moab and Ammon and Mount Seir. Lord, our king, you're being invaded, and they've already crossed over the land into En Gedi and beyond. And the Bible says Jehoshaphat was alarmed, and he resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he declared a fast. And the Bible says this, The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. They came from every town in Judah to seek him. And they joined King Jehoshaphat at the temple in Jerusalem. And the king stood up near the courtyard, the new courtyard, and he prayed. Prayed in front of all the people. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. No one can withstand you. And in his prayer he goes on to tell them how God's omnipotence was unleashed in behalf of the children of God. How God drove out the nations to give them the land that he had promised to their ancestor Abram. And how God wanted them to build a temple in Jerusalem. A place where his saving name would be revealed in ritual and worship and word. And how they would go to that temple and pray in times of pestilence or calamity or war. And he says, God, the people invading us, Those are the nations you told us to walk around when we came out of Egypt so many years ago. Look how they're repaying us. And he ends by saying, O our God, will you not judge them? We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children, and little ones stood there before the Lord. Well, the Holy Spirit of God raised up a man by the name of Jehaziel, who came with a message from God. So he was prophesying. And he had good news. He said to the king and to the people, Do not be afraid or discouraged. The battle is not yours, but God's. So tomorrow, march out against this army. Go to the pass of Ziz. You'll find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. Told him exactly where to go. But he said, you will not have to fight this battle. 
Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord your God will give you. And when Josaphat heard this, he bowed with his face all the way to the ground in thankfulness and praise for this message. And all the people did the same thing, faces to the ground in worship. And some Levites stood up and they praised God with a powerful voice. And the next day, Josaphat sent the troops off and he gave them a pep talk. He said, have faith in the Lord your God, you will be delivered. Have faith in the words of his prophets, you will be successful. And then he did something strange. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And they were defeated. And the men of Ammon and Moab turned against the men of Mount Seir and destroyed them. And then they turned on each other. And the Bible specifically says in verse number 24, 2 Chronicles 20, no one had escaped. And so when the army of Judah got there and they looked, it was just a valley of corpses. Nothing left to do than to pick up the stuff. And there was so much stuff, it took them three days. And on the fourth day, they ended up praising and thanking God. And they call it the Valley of Berecha. And Berecha means praise, blessing. And they went back to Jerusalem, singing and praising God. And talks about harps and lutes and trumpets. And the fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. God had given him rest on every side. I mean, it was a national crisis. An army invading. An army of such size. Did you notice how King Jehoshaphat took immediate action? Now, granted, it's action most people today would ridicule. He didn't summon a war cabinet of his top military officials. He didn't muster the troops. He declared a fast for pity's sake. And he prayed. Did you notice his prayer? He begins by praising God for his omnipotence. And then for his people, he recounts how often God unleashed that omnipotence on their behalf. Not because they were so special. Not because they deserved it. But because of the promises of God. Because of his essence of grace. Undeserved love. To rescue people even if they don't deserve it. Did you notice the people of Judah? You notice what they did? Don't you think that moms and dads would take their kids and get out of Dodge? Try to avoid bloodshed? Don't you think they'd be on the roadways running? They knew that Jerusalem would be the bullseye target of any invasion force. The seat of government, it's where the temple, the wealth, the king's palace, all the power. And yet what did the people do? They didn't flee, they filed as families to Jerusalem with their little ones. And they didn't panic, they prayed. And they were not disappointed. 
Jehaziel came with that wonderful message. You will not have to fight this battle. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Did you notice the choir? Front rank. The very first to meet the invasion army. They don't have a shield. They don't have a spear. They don't have a song. I mean a sword. They have a song. That's all they have is a song. And did you notice the song? They sang thank you ahead of time. Before they saw it, they sang, give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. They knew that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. They knew that the word of the living God is a living and active word. That means it's as good as done. They knew they were on the winning side. They knew that God would fight for them. And God answered that prayer when Jehoshaphat concluded his prayer by saying, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I mean, seriously, friends, I don't know about you, I've memorized that passage. Because in my pilgrimage with Jesus, there's so many times I'm going, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Isn't that our life? And God answered immediately. And they stood and sang the thank you for the victory. They stood and sang the joy of knowing if Jesus is on our side, all is good. So I invite you to stand and sing. But you might say, yeah, preacher, but we're not being invaded. And I beg to differ. It's a horrible invasion force. Yeah, there are three enemies allied against us. More deadly and horrific than anything Jehoshaphat faced. You've learned them from Luther's catechism. The devil, the world, our own flesh. Scripture says Satan is a roaring lion who seeks to devour. Make no bones about it. He seeks to destroy us. And he's never decreed a peace treaty. And the world? A world that is so upside down that that which is morally right is blasphemed as intolerant. And that which is evil is trumpeted as progressive. A world in society where the most helpless slaughtered for convenience and tiny corpses are scavenged for profit. But if I think it's bad looking out there, then I look in here and I see how horrible it really is. Because I was born with an old nature and so are you. An old nature since conception that shook a fist clenched against God and the Bible says, hostile to God, such is my nature. And always listening to what the world thinks. Wow, that's the way I should think. Or the way the world acts. That's the way I should act. How can I resist this kind of invasion? I can't. That's why God sent his son, Jesus, who is the Christ. And the Bible calls him the captain of our salvation. And he went to war, didn't he? In fact, he went to war, led by the Spirit, out into a desert battlefield for 40 days and 40 nights, fought Satan, and defeated him. Which is why the Bible says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 
and all those hellish lies that he keeps throwing at us, Jesus defeated them. And he knows what it's like because the Bible says he was tempted as we are in every way, in every way, yet without sin, without sin. Never once an inkling of lust in the Savior's mind. Never once an inkling of greed grabbing the Savior's heart. And now through holy baptism, he comes and says, that victory is yours. I've wrapped you up in my obedience. And the world, Jesus lived in a society as perverse as ours. But never once was he polluted by the sin surrounding him, nor by the surrounding sinners. Jesus says, in the world you will have trouble. But he goes on, take heart, I have overcome the world. For you, for me, and that old nature with which we struggle, Jesus in holy baptism stepped into my life, steps into lives with the power of the word. And we're buried through baptism into death. The old nature, dead, daily drowned in repentance. And as Christ was raised to life, to the glory of the Father, we too, new life, a full life, a forever life. We can stand and sing the victory because the battle's not ours, it's the Lord's. See the deliverance the Lord your God has given you. We can stand and sing in our words, our actions, our attitudes. But you're saying, I don't always feel that way. And I get it. We're not in heaven yet. And perhaps illness has invaded your body and wrecked your health as well as your hopes. And you don't feel like singing. But I encourage you to go back to Jehoshaphat's choir and say, can I join? You know the promises of Scripture, where God Almighty says, He will change this corrupt body that it may be fashioned like to His glorious body. And the Bible says, the present suffering is not worth to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. That's our future. So we can stand and sing, why should cross and trial grieve me? Christ is near with his cheer, never will he leave me. Or maybe you're thinking that because of a stagnant economy, your checkbook's been invaded, your bank statement's been breached, and you struggle, how am I going to make ends meet? Stand and sing. Join, join Jehoshaphat's choir. You know the promises of God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. So don't take any thought for tomorrow. God promises to take care of us according to his perfect omniscience and his loving will, what's best for me. But we can stand and sing. Rejoice, my heart, be glad and sing, a cheerful trust maintain. For God, the source of everything, your treasure, your treasure will remain. Or maybe it's just a time in life in which you're tired, fatigued, and frustrated. You like to run away and you don't know where to go. Your relationships seem stressed, maybe even somewhat suspicious. People of God, join Jehoshaphat's choir. You know his promises. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things so we can stand and sing? Before us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. You ask, who is this? Jesus Christ it is, the almighty Lord, and there is no other God. He holds the field forever. Before Christmas, 
I was on YouTube and ran across a video, and maybe you've seen some of these musical flash mob videos, and sometimes it's a choir and sometimes it's a band or an orchestra or whatever. And I'm not sure how I found it, but it was Christmas time and it was a food court in a big mall. And there was some keyboard, you didn't see the keyboard player in the background, but just playing secular Christmas carols. And then there was silence for about five, ten seconds, and all of a sudden the keyboard starts playing the refrain of the Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah. I think many, if not most of us, know that Hallelujah Chorus. And all of a sudden, this young woman stands on one of the chairs in the food court, cell phone at her ear, and she starts singing it. And then after 30 seconds or so, a guy stands up over here, and then another person over here, and pretty soon there are 35, 40 people singing, standing in the food court, singing the Hallelujah Chorus. I don't know if there are Christians. I don't know if the people listening were Christians. I do know Satan choked on the message. Because loudly and clearly, they stood and sang this message. And he shall reign forever and ever, King of kings and Lord of lords. And what was fascinating to me is that people who had been eating and looking at the packages and talking, the forks went down, they stopped talking and they were listening. And shoppers drew near to hear. Why is that? The Bible tells us why. The teacher in the book of Ecclesiastes says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. We yearn for a message in which we have good news and comfort and cheer and hope. And you and I, because of the work of the Spirit, know Jesus brings that. And we can stand and sing down the culture of death all around us with the message of the one who said, I am the life. And we can sing down the darkness of doubt and despair that surrounds us with the message of the one who said, I am the light. We can sing down all those who are lost and confused and sending missed messages, and we can sing the one who is, I am the way. We have that message that the Spirit uses to draw people to the victory that Christ has won. And today I want to say thank you. Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod operates schools, one of them a college and then also a seminary, but the college exists for one reason. Your mission dollars help support the college. We don't have a program in medicine or in accounting or in business or in anything except gospel ministry where we train young men who want to be pastors and they get their pre-seminary training and learn how to read Hebrew and Greek of Scripture. We train men and women to be Christian teachers, whether early childhood, elementary, secondary. We train men and women to be staff ministers, to go into congregations for evangelism, youth ministry, whatever the case might be. And I thank you for that. And it's my prayer that God raise up more of these young adults to say, here am I, send me in the front rank. By the Spirit's grace, let me stand and sing the victory of Jesus Christ, to go to places they've never been, to serve people they've never met, that they might train them to stand and sing the good news we have, the victory we know. And that with Isaiah, always in our heart, we sing, surely it is God who saves me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. For the Lord is my stronghold and my sure defense, and he will be my Savior. Amen.